It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. This episode of BGN Radio is brought to you by Clip It, the hottest app that is out there. Watch TV, make clips, and share. For more information, check them out at ClipIt.tv or check them on Twitter at ClipIt.tv. Hey guys, John Barchard here. You guys know how much I love to play fantasy football. So I need you to listen up because I want you to join the highest rated fantasy football app. It's called Draft. You get to play in a real live snake draft, but be done in under five minutes and they last just for one week. Drafts start every couple of minutes so you can join right now for week 11. And the best part is you get to play for cold hard cash and get this your chances of winning are 80 percent better than on the salary cap sites on all the dfs sites because you're always trying to figure out okay where should i start this guy and the value and i don't have enough money to do all that stuff it doesn't happen on draft you get a selection of every premium player you just got to be the smartest one in the room it's a six player snake draft so you get in you get out tournaments start from one dollar to a thousand dollars to everything in between three person drafts six person drafts on and on the options are limitless and all new players get a free entry into a real money draft when you make your first deposit all you have to use is promo code bgnr that's right play a real money game for free just by using promo code bgnr and it gets even better draft is so sure that you'll love it that they are offering bgn radio listeners a money-back guarantee up to a hundred 
$1,000. No excuses now. Just search Draft in your app store or go to Draft.com and come play for free right now with promo code BGNR. You're listening to BGN Radio. Se la dan a la Garrett Blunt. Blunt. Se suelta. Blunt. La 40. Blunt. Hasta la 30. Blunt. Hasta la 25. Blunt. Hasta la 22. La locomotora. La Garrett Blunt. Otro first down. Philadelphia. Otro first down Eagles. So welcome into a Thanksgiving edition of the preview show. I'm Vince Quinn here with Brandon Lee Gowden and... I, I don't know what to make. Like, I wanted to say we have an exciting game against the Bears this week, but it's just not true. I can't I can't say that this is a high-flying matchup. So, uh, for BLG, what's your first impression of the Bears? Uh, trap game. <laughs> uh, yeah, been, there I'm we the go, one. right? This had to be I, it. I'm the one who has been very much against the trap game idea all year. And now, let me say, as I said on the Monday edition of BGN Radio Daily, that I don't think the Eagles lose this game. So I'm not saying like, oh, they're going to lose. It's a trap game in that sense. I think it's a trap game in the conditions. Like the ch- It has the conditions of a trap game. It has the the makings of one in that the Eagles, they're coming off a big win. Not only one big win over the Cowboys, but several just crushing wins, just dominating and destroying their opponents. And now they're about to go on a big road trip. So if you were going to overlook this a game at all it might be against a three and seven bears team that on paper at first glance doesn't look pretty good but when you look into it a little bit more they're not the they're not good let's get you know i'm not saying they're good they're yeah. definitely not good but they're not the bears team that had the third overall pick in the draft last year they're a little bit better than that to me yeah and and for me too because i always try to put things in tears and when you're looking at the NFL, like the bottom tier is the 49ers and the Browns. It's clear. Uh, the Brown or the Bears aren't in that tier. They're a step above that. But, yeah, they do have a lot of struggles right now. And it, it's pretty clear when you watch the games, uh, particularly on the offensive side of the ball. And I guess let, let's get right into Mitch Trubisky, who a lot of people are naturally going to wonder about being a top pick in this draft and, and what's he doing so far. Uh, my first impression of him has been that he looks like a competent quarterback. You know, he's got a pretty good arm. He has the ability to run. But the offense and the trust, that I think that's the biggest thing, the trust that they have in Trubisky so far has been not a lot. He's had a really short leash. And so at this point in the season, at least for me, uh, BLG, they've struck me as a pretty simplistic offense. They're a team that... Uh, doesn't have a lot of talent really on offense in terms of the passing game. It's almost similar to the 2016 Eagles. I was talking on a, a Bears podcast last night about that situation, and, and they've kind of felt like it compares to that Eagles team where you have a rookie quarterback and he just doesn't really have any good options to throw to, especially at receiver. So it, it's kind of a, a situation where when I look at this Bears team, and I was talking about them earlier as a team that, uh, might concern me a little bit more than the record would indicate. That's not because of their offense at all. It's, I mean, they have a running game for sure, but we've seen the Eagles' ability to stop the run. So I'm not too worried about all of that. It more kind of, if if there's any concern at all, it would kind of be more on the defensive side. Yeah, for sure. And so to run with the 2016 comparison here for the offense, I I completely agree with you on that because uh, Trubisky is a guy that. 
he does look like he's someone who belongs in the NFL. He doesn't seem like this is a, to go back a couple of years, this isn't like Cade McNown, you know, a top quarterback prospect that just completely flames out. He seems like a guy that can have a career in the NFL, but yeah, the weapons around him are just so bad. Uh, Their leading receiver right now is Kendall Wright. And you might be thinking like, yeah, like who the hell is Kendall Wright? And he really is, you know, he's a small-time role-playing guy, and he had maybe one good season in Tennessee, and and that's about it. Uh, he's their leading receiver, and the stat line is staggering. All right, their number one guy, he's got 29 catches for 330 yards and one touchdown. We're 10 games into the year, man. Like, I, I can't believe how inept, when when you look at it, uh, this receiving core is. They're just really bad. That, and it's it's funny because a couple weeks ago, or as of a couple weeks ago, they weren't even trusting Trubisky to throw the ball. There was like a game where he had, like, what, like 12 attempts in a I, game? I think he had seven another, in one game even. Uh, it was nuts. It was they, it was basically Tim Tebow. I mean, that's what they, the Broncos were doing with Tim Tebow back when he was starting for them. They just didn't even let him throw the ball for obvious reasons there. So it, it's kind of a situation where... And I'll, I'll disagree a little bit. When I saw Mitchell Trubisky in his first game, and now granted, it's his first game. It was on Monday Night Football against a good defense in Minnesota. But he didn't look ready for the moment to me. And I know that's a very uh, anecdotal observation. But I, I just kept saw him. I, I was looking at him, and he kept looking at the sidelines. He kind of just looked lost out there. And maybe that was just me reading into it too much. But I feel like he hasn't fully looks ready for the moment. I think that might have improved since then. I haven't been uh, paying specific attention to that since that game. It's been a couple games since then. I'm sure he's uh, been a little bit better. Last week against the Lions, he, he did put them in a position to at least tie the game there with his leg. So it, it's certainly not like he's just this awful player, and I'm writing him off entirely right now. But on paper, I mean, he doesn't scare me a lot. I mean, the fact that the Bears were not even trusting him to throw the ball a couple weeks ago, and even if he was good, let's be honest, again, it comes back to those receivers we are just talking about, they're not any good. So somehow, even if he's playing well, it's not like, oh, man, they're gonna, they're really going to do something against this Eagles defense, and, and that's when it comes to the Eagles side, and they have cornerbacks who are playing well. Ronald Darby is back, this defensive line, is getting a ton of pressure just like we thought they were going to. Derek Barnett is coming on. He's he's a monster right now. So you look at this offense again against going up against this Eagles defense, and there's nothing that they do that's super scary other than the running game, which is their best chance at really attacking this Eagles defense. Yeah, the running game for the Bears is is a really weird one because you hear Jordan Howard and you look at the numbers for Jordan Howard and you think, wow, this guy's great. Uh, I got to tell you, I don't think Jordan Howard's all that special of a player. I think he's a incredibly average guy with one skill set, which is he's got reasonable speed for a guy his size. And all they do is run him up the middle. Like he's not like Jay Ajayi is great because he's got that size and he's got that speed, but he's got that agility too. He can make a quick cut here or there if he has to. We even see it from LeGarrette Blunt. Like, he can sometimes stick his foot in the ground and change the direction at least enough that he can get a few extra yards. And Jordan Howard doesn't even do that. Uh, if he, and if the Eagles' defense in this game, if they're able to just put any sort of pressure in the middle 
where Howard's got to take a step outside and try to, you hear like one cut runners all the time. Howard's not that guy. And if they try to no cut runner, he he is, he really, he is the, he is the first successful no cut runner that I think I've ever seen. Uh, It's, it's amazing. And you know what it is for him? I think it's really uh, more a credit to the offensive line and, and how good they are. He just has so many holes that are opened up for him in that run game. But yeah, the guy himself, uh, it works and good for him being in the right place at the right time with the right offensive line. But yeah, like, uh, I mean, okay, you're the defensive coordinator, BLG. You have to come up with a game plan to stop Jordan Howard. Like, what are you worried about with that guy? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Almost nothing. I mean, he's their best player, too. Like, it's crazy. This Eagles run defense has just been so good. And now, again, if I did have to criticize anything coming out of that Dallas game other than the slow start in the first half, it was that the defense didn't have an awesome performance. As They had, they weren't looking as elite against the run as they should have been. Alfred Morris shouldn't have been getting some as big of those gains as he was. Now, there's a couple things there. The Cowboys have a really good offensive line, so you have to give them some credit, when it, at least when it comes to their run blocking. And then you have Dak Prescott, who I'm sure the Eagles were kind of accounting for his mobility there, maybe kind of cheating a little bit and making sure he wasn't going to take off running on them. So they might have been willing to give up some extra yards to Morris in exchange to kind of limit and choke down what Dak could do. But still, I want to see a better Eagles run defense uh, performance out of this group because I know they're capable of it. So that's the kind of frustrating thing. It's not like they don't have the guys. They clearly do. So I, when I when I look at Chicago and they're coming in, in here and they're playing the Eagles and I'm thinking like if their strength is running the ball, the Eagles strength has been historically stopping the run. So it just doesn't really concern me a lot. I know Tariq Cohen can do some things in space, but it seems like he kind of got hot early in the season and the Bears haven't been using him as much. So I don't even know how much of a factor that is. And if this is a game where the Bears can't run, then Mitchell Trubisky, again, a guy who the Bears didn't even trust to throw that much just a couple weeks ago, I don't see how he's suddenly winning the game with his arm. Yeah, he's not. And and here's the crazy thing. So I've been looking at their wide receiver numbers here over the course of the season, and they've got all these names that you've either never heard of or maybe you've heard of, but they're nobodies like... Let's see, Josh Bellamy, Dontrell Inman, Deontay Thompson, Trey McBride. Like the, These guys are like 28 years old, and you're like, who? Um, and the crazy thing about it is they've played in a lot of games for the, for the Bears, but the highest start total of any wide receiver on this team is three games. Like They have no established weapon at all on the outside. They just keep shuffling all these guys in, hoping something works. Like... Going back to the 2016 comparison for the Eagles, at least you knew that Jordan Matthews was going to be out there a lot, and Aguilar was going to be out there a lot. And for the Bears, like Trubisky hasn't even had that consistency. He started six games, and at best, if he's lucky, one of those receivers started three of them. Like It's unbelievable how much of a mess their wide receiver core is. They just don't, they don't have anything reliable for this rookie quarterback to hold on to. And then at the tight end position, too, I mean, Zach Miller goes down, and now they, they don't have a lot there. I think Adam Sheehan, who is their second-round pick this year, he's been doing some, I think he did some nice things recently, 
But it's not like he's some established player at this point. I know he's a good athlete and he has some good size. So I guess that'll be something to watch there. But yeah, overall, there's just nothing. There's just nothing about this Bears offense that really scares you. Again, it comes down to if this is a game somehow the Eagles are going to lose, it has to be because the Bears defense is stepping up and they get a touchdown there. Maybe Tariq Cohen breaks off a punt return for a touchdown. It has to be some something like that would have to happen in this game. Yeah, my my only real fear on the defensive side of the ball, because for the Bears, like I was saying earlier, they run the ball up the middle a lot, and they do a pretty good job with it because they run that they run that old school like smash mouth power kind of scheme where you'll it, I swear to God it's like if you watch some of their games it feels like every single play when they run the ball you're seeing one of those guards just pull right behind the center and then pop out where the guard is on the other side of the center and help you know make a big hole there and it's usually like that pulling guard you've got a fullback like this is this is some old school heavy hitting stuff. And so for the Eagles' perspective, like, I feel pretty good to an extent because you got Fletcher Cox there, so, like, good luck running against him all day, and you've got Jernigan there. But in the event they're able to win those battles, because they have done it, they've run the ball pretty well. Like, Jordan Howard has, like, 850 yards just about at this point in the season. So in the event they can make it work, the one thing that worries me is Joe Walker. I just don't know... If he actually has to deal with pressure in this game, like how regularly he's going to be able to take down a guy like Jordan Howard, and uh, I don't know how you feel about that, BLG, but that's that's my only real concern here. Yeah, I mean, Walker at this point is pretty much the weak point of maybe the team. I mean, you look at this team, and there's not a lot of weaknesses right now, but I think Walker in the base defense would certainly be the biggest one or at least the most obvious one there. What you have, though, is you did sign, the Eagles did sign Daniel Ellerby. Last week, he was inactive against Dallas. I think part of that was because he's still not fully caught up to speed and maybe his conditioning isn't fully there. I would wonder, though, if the Eagles in a game like this would kind of keep him active, even if they don't plan to play him or start him in some kind of significant role, just in case Walker struggles so they have that veteran guy there they could turn to. You could just keep Nate Gary inactive at that point. That's who you would probably flip for to get LRB in the lineup. So even with Walker being in there I'm not you know I'm, I get like yes that's that's something to watch for sure but it's it's not like the Eagles don't have options otherwise uh, I, I think you know LRB is is not he's not like the greatest run stuff forever I'm sure but he's a guy who has done that before and I think he could handle it so I feel a little bit better about that yeah and you also have tackling safeties like McLeod is a great tackling safety Jenkins is a great tackling safety and so even if it turns out that my worst case comes through and they somehow beat Fletcher Cox and Jernigan regularly, like I, it'll be you know five, six yards, seven yards a carry. But I just don't see Jordan Howard getting the runs where he's getting like forty yards on the ground on a single play, which which does happen for a surprising amount for a guy that again I just don't think is a great player. So uh, yeah, it, it's not like. Something that I I don't think this is an Achilles heel, but I'm I'm just reaching here almost because you look at the Bears and they just are or have been so limited. Like uh, Trubisky is a guy he's, he's able to hit the ball downfield a little bit, but who's he throwing to and who's going to be covering those guys? And it's just man, uh, even to play the devil's advocate angle here, it just 
it feels like you know San Francisco again, or what it's going, what our conversation is going to be like when we're talking about the Giants coming up soon. Like I just, I, I feel so great about the Eagles on the defensive side of the ball in this game is basically what I'm getting at here. That was even like the Dallas game last week. So basically, like the last couple of preview shows that we've done here are kind of like, yeah, the opponent is not as good as the Eagles, and the Eagles are really good. So <laughs> there's only so much we can say. It's almost like we're we're talking ourselves in circles here, especially week after week. It's like, yep, the Eagles are good at preventing this, and the other team isn't even good at doing it. And then injuries are a factor here too, especially as we, you know, you, you start talking about the Bears' defense, which I think you look at. DVOA, Football Outsiders, they were 10th in that last week. I think it dropped down after the Lions game to something like 14th or 16th here. Uh, I have it right here. It is 14th. So it's not great, but it's not bad. And you look at, in terms of yards per play allowed, they rank tied for 12th best. So it's decent. They, They do have a decent defense there. John Fox, who I don't think is a very great head coach option at this point, at least, you know, he's he's had a resume with some good defenses, so there's there's some things there that he's been able to do. But even with this Bears defense being the strength of their team, they have injuries. They have multiple injuries, and I don't know how many. It's early in the week. We don't know who's in and out for sure, but other than Leonard Floyd, who is their second leading pass rusher with uh, 4.5 sacks this season, so he's out for probably the season, so that hurts their pass rush. You have Akeem Hicks, who is, uh, he is not to be confused with the former Giants receiver, um, Hakeem Hicks. Akeem Hicks has seven sacks this year. He leads the Bears in sacks at 3-4 defensive end. He got hurt against the Lions. He didn't practice on Wednesday, so we'll have to see if he goes. Danny Trevathan is not practicing. Uh, so with those three guys out there alone, Hicks, Floyd, and Trevathan, like th- you're missing three guys there. You look at uh, Keen Hicks' backup, too, who is Roy Robertson-Harris. He's not practicing. You look at the Bears' other 3-4 starting defensive end, whose name is Mitch Unrein. He was limited in practice. The Bears are dealing with some injuries here on the unit that's considered to be their best one. Yeah, the the defense, especially that front seven that they have, it it is something that stuck out and really impressed me about the Bears. It's it's one of those things where, like, okay, obviously they're a dud this year, they're three and seven with a rookie quarterback, but you're looking at the future of the Bears and you think, okay, well, if they have this defense and they can improve on it a little bit and Trubisky naturally grows, well then maybe in a year or two this team is a legitimate contender for the NFC North. You just don't know. But yeah, when you're when you're talking about this game, like that front seven has been so important for Chicago. Like the, the rushing attack specifically, uh, they're sixth in the league in yards allowed per rush, or or rather ninth in the league. Like they're they're doing a good job of limiting teams, forcing them to be third and longs, and they play a really aggressive man to man defense for the most part, and it's worked out pretty well for them. You know, a guy that we got to talk about. It would be a total injustice if we didn't do it. It was the uh, once-and-future eagle that never was in Kyle Fuller because he's been great this year. Like He's all over the field. He's right on his man in coverage. He's making tackles all over the place. He's, he's looked amazing, and even him, he's got a wrist injury, and he's uncertain for this game. Like i, I got to tell you, BLG, it's just 
it's one of those things where you mentioned the trap game at the beginning of the show here. And part of me wants to agree with that. But when you see injuries to Floyd, when you see injuries to Fuller, like all the other guys that you mentioned, it, it just gets harder and harder to buy into the idea. Yeah, and again, I don't think they're going to lose for for sure. Like, I'm not predicting that. I just think when you look at this game on paper and you look at the spread, it's already what it opened at 11 and it jumped to like 14.5. I think that's just too big. I think this could be a. I think it could. I think the Bears could cover that. I do, even if it's just garbage time. I think it could be a 10 point game, or uh, a 13 point game. I'm getting a little nitpicky there, but I, I just don't think it's necessarily like the Bears are coming to town. And the Eagles are going to win fifty to zero. I just maybe they will because the Eagles team has been that good, and I shouldn't doubt them. I just think it's it's not total confidence for me in that. I, I just think the Bears have done some okay things. They've played teams tough this year. You look at their schedule; they really haven't been blown out. The only two blowouts they had were against the Buccaneers. That was early in the season, and that was when Mike Lennon was starting in Tampa Bay. Obviously had some inside intel on Glennon since he had been with them previously for the past four years or so. And then they also lost to Aaron Rodgers by 21 points, and that game was in Lambeau. It's Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Again, Mike Glennon was starting. That was his last start with the Bears. So ever since they've moved on to Trubisky, who hasn't necessarily been great, the Bears aren't really, you know, they're not getting blown out. They lost to the Vikings by three points. They lost. They beat the Ravens in Baltimore by three. Yeah. They somehow put a beat down kind of on the Panthers. They beat them by 14 points. Like, where did that come from? They go down to New Orleans. Everyone thinks, oh, they're going to get killed by the Saints team. They only lose by eight points, one possession. They go to the Packers, and they, they lose to the Packers, which is you know not a great loss, especially with, or it was actually at home, too, with Brett Hundley there, and you just saw the Green Bay get shut out by the Ravens, so... Certainly not a good game for them. And then they lose to the Lions by three points. So ever in, in their last six games here, there's there's been no blowout performance against them. And again, they beat the, the Steelers earlier this season. They only lost to the Falcons by six. This When I look at all that, that's to me what kind of makes me think, all right, I don't think we should just be expecting some kind of massive blowout win. Yeah, this team, as much as they lack for talent in a lot of areas – they play with pride. They're they're a hard nosed team. They, uh, like I said before, like the front seven does a really good job, and they play aggressive football. Their corners are are doing a good job. They're, and even when it comes to like their safeties and and the coverage aspect of it, they're not getting beat deep a lot. Like the Saints game was not a game where like you'd expect in the past, where it's Drew Brees and he's slinging the ball all over the field. They really beat the Bears. Uh, with a couple of big runs in that one, but even then it was 20-12 to 12 and the Bears were in it at the end of the game. So you look at what Chicago brings to the table, and yeah, this game, I I wanted it to feel like a blowout. I, I almost built this narrative in my head of like, okay, well the Bears are bad, and I saw a couple of their games, and it, it didn't really impress me in any way, so I just keep thinking, okay, well it's going to be a blowout, it's going to be a blowout, and... You know, I gotta say, uh, the thing that throws a wrench into all of this, in part, has been the tr- the growth of Trubisky, because over the last couple of games, because um, you're right, he threw you know seven passes, twelve passes, whatever, and they've slowly given him like each week. You can really feel it that they're giving him new plays, that they're 
trying different stuff. They're allowing him to throw the ball a little bit more. Uh, the big turnaround for me was actually the Detroit game, which they just played last week, where it went from handing the ball off on first down, handing it off on second down. You throw it if you have to, and obviously it was going to be like an incompletion because you're throwing to nobody, and you're right off the field again. So now they they had a first down where, and this was like the first drive of the game. Trubisky's in shotgun. He's got a running back next to him. They're four wide. I'm like, whoa, I've never seen this before from the Bears. I didn't think they knew it existed. And so the only thing, or one of my big concerns here that, that will help make this a closer game than people think it's going to be is that surprise factor. Like, we've talked about teams coming in here. Dallas, a uh, really desperate team. And how many teams have been desperate trying to play the Eagles and, and win games here? But... When it comes to the Bears in this case, uh, they're a team that they're trying to build a, a program here because you've got this new quarterback, and so you need to have people buying in, and each game really does matter. And since they're trying new stuff, they, they want to see how it works. Like they're, they're in a different mindset than the New York Giants, for example. So I'm curious to see what kind of like kitchen sink stuff the Bears throw at the Eagles and how prepared they're going to be. What do you think of that, BLG? They're desperate in the sense of the coaching staff is desperate too because I think they yeah. could easily be on their way out. I mean, they might already be on their way out at at this point. I was talking again on that Bears podcast last night and we were talking about John Fox and I just I don't see it with John Fox, man. I just I don't. I know there's he's had some success in the NFL, but it's just not inspiring at all to me and the rest of the coaching staff isn't necessarily all that great either, at least from the outside looking in. I think that's a team that really needs a, a change this offseason. I think you look at what Ryan Pace has done in the draft there. I, he's, the free agent signings are not good, but the, you look at what he's done in the draft and he's made some good picks. I think this isn't a burn it all down situation for the organization, but I think coaching needs the change for this team. And I think that's something to watch on Sunday. I think there's a, a big coaching mismatch here. I think Doug Peterson, the way he's been coaching, which is, again, always crazy to say because. Just no one had faith in that guy, and now we're like, yeah, you know, Doug. We have Doug Peterson. Yeah, he's a Hall of you know, Famer who, now. <laughs> who wouldn't want to have Doug Peterson? So, but that's where we are. Doug Peterson is. We're seeing him be a good coach. The play calls are great. You look at a game like the Dallas game where the Eagles don't even need to show up for a half, and that's really one of the most impressive things to me about this team because we saw it in the 49ers game too. The 49ers game wasn't all that pretty in the first half. Neither was the Cowboys game. But it didn't matter. The Eagles just blow them out anyway. And I think the Bears, while I think they might be a little bit better than the record would indicate, I still think they're a team that if the Eagles even have some struggles against, or again, it's not like they need some kind of perfect performance to beat this Bears team. No, definitely not. But on the coaching side of this, so... Uh, we talked about it with Jordan Howard, but just as, as Jim Schwartz for the game plan and what you would expect to see them do this week, uh, here's my idea, and then you know, feel free to tell me what you think after, but my idea is I'm expecting kind of what we saw in the Dallas game, to be honest with you, uh, really try to shut down the run, be really aggressive towards uh, Trubisky in this case, and you're going to force him to try to win the game with his arm, and if Trubisky throws the ball... 30, 35 times in this game. I think just by the fact of him throwing that many passes, the Eagles have this one well won. And uh, 
it should be, you know, just a nice casual coast into Seattle. But if they if they get blown up in the run in this worst case scenario, like I don't know, you, you never know what happens. But I would figure that they should be able to blitz Trubisky pretty regularly. You can have your corners lock down the receivers, uh, limit the big plays, even though Trubisky has that ability. And I think the Eagles can uh, can really dominate the time of possession in this game, and it, and it really does start with the defense and just. Uh, wrangling the bears in one of the interesting things about what you just said there vince is that when jim schwartz was doing a he was doing some kind of coaching conference he was on video actually saying that when you face a rookie quarterback that's the guy you blitz you always send extra rushers against a rookie quarterback you always do it so kind of interesting that that information is out there for the public i would like to see if that's what the eagles do on Sunday against Trubisky, it's not like this Eagles team is totally blitz-averse. I, I saw some numbers recently, and the Eagles are not in the in the teams that blitz, the, like the, the five teams that blitz the fewest amount. They're not in that group. They're certainly not in the group that blitzes the most either. I do think we could see some blitzing on Sunday. Maybe that's another reason why you have Ellerby active. He's a guy who can rush the passer as a linebacker, just like Michael Hendricks can. Uh, Nigel Bradham can as well so that'll be a little wrinkle to watch I think on Sunday see kind of if they try to jump on Mitch Trubisky earlier because let's be honest he doesn't deserve to be called Mitchell yet he's still Mitch to me (laughs) Uh, by the way I love how that became a thing like the guy gets drafted he's one of the top picks in the draft and He's like, hey, guys, by the way, I would like to be known by, like, I would like to choose my name, basically. And everyone's like, no, "No, fuck that, man. We're going to call you Mitch, and you're going to like it. You should. That's what should happen. You can't be like, and that's the thing, too. If you want people to call you something, you can't tell them to do that because they're going to be like, oh, no, I'm going to call him the other thing just to be a jerk because, like, you know, who's going to, it's like, uh, don't call me this, guys. Well, we're definitely going to call it you that now that we see it bothers you so yeah that is kind of funny yeah it's absolutely hilarious now on the offensive side of the ball for the Eagles and and what you would expect and BLG I'll let you go first like what do you think the game plan should be for the Eagles going into this one I mean the Eagles have so many things going well for them that it's it's almost just like pick what you want to do I know this Bears defense does some things well I one of the things that we saw from last year's game against Chicago in week two was that Jason Kelsey, who was playing much better this season, he had a rough go against Eddie Goldman. And that's kind of one of those guys who I think, you know, Jason Kelsey just doesn't match up well against because he's relatively undersized for a center. And Eddie Goldman is a really big nose tackle. So maybe it's not a week where you're going to have that success running up the middle, especially like the Eagles were against the Cowboys there. But, I mean, there's no reason not to try that. I mean, there's no reason not to see what you can do against this Bears defense because you, you almost have the opportunity to test things out and see what works. I would like to see all oh, Sean Jeffrey get involved again this week. He's really been hot recently. We've all talked about how Alshon Jeffrey hasn't had the best or the hottest start to the season. But you look at his last three games, he has 12 receptions. He has six touchdowns. He also has two two-point conversions in there. I mean, he's been catching the ball. He's been making plays. I'm sure he wants to go out and have a good performance against his former team. I don't think there's like a ton of bad blood there because he seemed like he enjoyed his time in Chicago. Uh, But I I do think this is a game where another game where you can kind of just pick and choose what you want to do. And and with Carson Wentz, 
uh, not having his most awesome game. I mean, I think he made big throws and big moments against Dallas. I do kind of want to see him air it out a little bit more in this one and, and see that accuracy get a little refined because this Bears secondary isn't awesome. I, I think Adrian Amos, I, 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 from what I've seen of him, he has a good reputation. Uh, but when you look at the cornerbacks there, I mean, Marcus Cooper and Prince Amukamara, those guys are not anything special there. And and I think Chicago could have done better than that, but alas, they did not. And we talked about Fuller, or Fuller earlier. I love Kyle Fuller. I wanted the Eagles to trade for him. They don't need to, as it turns out now. Uh, so it's, there's nothing about this Bears defense that's like, oh, you have to absolutely avoid that. I think it's a, a week where, especially if they're going to be missing some starters there, you're going to be in a position where, as I've been saying for the past couple minutes here now, that you can kind of just do what you want. Yeah, and for me, I I expect them, in the passing game, the interesting thing is, a lot of times, they didn't do it in the Detroit game, which I thought was odd. They played a lot of zone in the Detroit game, and they got slaughtered for it. Um, they played man defense in the past, and it's worked out pretty well. I don't know how they're going to match up against the Eagles receivers in man. Uh, Wentz has been so sharp with the ball. Jeffrey's catching it with eight guys on his back every play, it seems like. It's amazing what he's doing. And so I, I feel pretty confident about those matchups, and I don't think there's no clear answer for Chicago to, like, you know, if you put this guy on that guy, it's just going to shut everything down. So I don't know what they do there, and it's, it's just kind of hold on for dear life. But when it goes to the running game, you make a great point. Like, up front in the middle, dealing with uh, Goldman, maybe that's not the best idea. But when Floyd is hurt and Hicks is hurt and you consider that, like, Trevathan is hurt, they've got so many injuries with guys that are playing on the outside of the front seven. And so for me, if I'm making the calls here, I'm running a lot of stuff off tackle. I'm giving Jay Ajayi and and Blunt uh, particularly, I'm giving those guys a chance to take something off the outside and try to get, you know, 8, 10 yards on these plays where they should be able to establish the edge. Lane Johnson has been, like, how good has Lane Johnson been that he's just getting Von Miller and you don't hear anything, and then he gets Demarcus Lawrence, who's been like a super hip all-pro candidate for the Dallas Cowboys and you don't hear anything about him because Lane's just that good shutting these guys down. When he's dealing with backup players on the outside there, you got to figure that's such a huge advantage for them, and I really hope they use it. The Eagles could dominate the Bears in an unexpected area and really get yards on the ground. And you know what? I'm going to give I'm going to give a nice spicy prediction here. Oh um, yeah. Let's get into it. I don't think a Philadelphia Eagle running back has gone over 100 yards this year. I'm not positive on one. That. I think one. one did. Yeah, we had one. Well, then it's going to be two. Uh, Ajayi's going to do it this week. I just feel like he's gotten a couple of games in under his belt now. He gets, he's gets he been breaking big plays pretty regularly. And if he gets that chance and they, they give him some opportunities to take it on the outside with the way this line's been blocking and the way that the Bears are struggling, I, I think it's going to be a huge opportunity for them. And, and he should be able to knock it out of the park. So I'm going to say Ajayi for 100 yards just because why not? And uh, something else that I think you could see, too, in that same regard is the idea of doing the read option. Like, for Carson Re- uh, Carson Wentz to have that opportunity to read that outside guy, that replacement outside guy, and be like, okay, well, I'm either going to hand it off on the inside to a guy who's going to get 100 because Vince said so, 
or I'm going to take it to the outside and I'll burn you for eight yards there. Like I, I really like that potential. And I do think that as much as typically you would expect in this Bears game to not be able to and game plan to really run the ball all that much, uh, definitely something that they have the opportunity to do. So I, I feel pretty good about all that. And uh, let's see here. You know what? With all that, BLG, I think it's time. Oh, you know what? No, we're going to hold the picks off for a minute. I was going to go to the picks, but I realized there's something I, I'd like to still get in here. The special teams factor. We got to talk special yes. teams, right? How interesting is special teams this week? It's a lot of fun. It is, especially when you have <laughs> Kamu Gruje Hill on the team. My guy, my my favorite player on the <laughs> Eagles, clearly. Um, no, I do like Kamu, actually. But uh, such a such a great situation last week when he's just in the game. I mean, not not a great situation for the Eagles to be in, but such a fun situation for him to just, all right, uh, the, the kicker's down. So we're going to need you to actually kick off now. And you've never really done that before, and you never really even have any kind of formal kicking experience. You've played soccer before, which is, I guess, uh, kind of good enough. And sure enough, he gets in there, he boots a touchback. That was awesome. This week, sounds like, unfortunately, we will not get to see Kamu, but in good news for the Eagles, it does sound like Jake Elliott's going to be back. He was limited in practice on Wednesday, but he did get some kicking in. Doug Peterson basically said that he thinks Jake Elliott's going to be back for Sunday's game. The Eagles haven't worked out any kickers, which would tell you that they feel that they, they're not going to need someone before Sunday's game. So I think that's all good there. Um, when you look at this Bears team, Outside of the uh, the kicking situation, but well, first of all, I have to one one more thing about the kicking situation, not about the Eagles, the Bears. Vince, did you see that kick at the end of the Lions oh game? Oh my by, god, it's so disgustingly oh bad. And you know what the thing was so sad about it too? Like Trubisky leads a drive to get them down uh, the field. He's throwing the ball around. He had a scramble on fourth and thirteen where it looked like he was a dead man, and he was able to convert it. Like it was so much fun to see the Bears get down there and set up for the kick, and it was like a mile wide right. It was. Absolutely unbelievable how bad that kick was. That's awful. I mean, you would that's just that just shouldn't happen. I mean, kickers miss kicks, but but not by that much. I mean, it was basically in the crowd at that point. It was it didn't even except it couldn't even make it there uh power wise. So that's just pretty depressing. When I look at this Bears team in terms of their special teams ranking on, on Football Outsiders DVOA, I actually see their twenty eighth overall. The Eagles have a, one of the better special teams uh, units in the league at 11th. Although, you know, you did see that long re- return by Dallas to open the game last week, which is a little concerning. I think Switzer had another decent one. You don't have Chris Maragos here. There's been some injuries on that unit. That's not, I'm not like majorly concerned about that. I brought up earlier that Tariq Cohen is a guy who certainly has some explosive ability. So the Eagles punt coverage will have to be disciplined. But. I don't see any any kind of major advantage for them. If if anything, the Eagles might actually have a slight advantage on special teams there, assuming Jake Elliott is not going to keep missing short kicks. Yeah, and that that is a weird thing that like is, is that strictly on Elliott? Because honestly, I don't. I haven't gone back and looked at the kicks, and I haven't seen anything just looking around of whether it's the snap or the hold. Like, is that an Elliott issue for sure? Well, it's interesting you bring that up because the Eagles did work out a couple free agent long snappers. I think it was after the the 49ers game when he missed Mm. a couple of those extra points. So that would almost indicate to me it's not fully on him. 
but I mean, you know, he missed. He he's been missing him, so you don't know for sure. It's certainly not the best sign there. It's it's something to really watch. If like if he's if this is going to be a, a thing that continues to happen, it doesn't make you feel good. At the same time, Doug Peterson earlier this week, when he was asked about Caleb Sturgis and possibility of bringing him back off injured reserve, pretty much said Jake Elliott's our guy. Like that's the guy we want moving forward. So. Uh, Sturgis is going to be a free agent after this season. It doesn't sound like he's 100% either ready to come back. Doug Peterson said he's getting close, but I think the Eagles are just going to keep Sturgis on IR all year unless it got to some disaster point with Elliott where he's just missing everything. But it's kind of a frustrating thing with Elliott because you see him make these long kicks, and he's literally been an historically good kicker at making long kicks for this Eagles team. But he's missing some of the short ones, and that just drives you crazy. Yeah, no doubt. You build that confidence of, wow, this guy's nailing every kick over 50 yards, and he misses like a 28-yarder. You're like, what the hell is going on with this guy? You know, it's crazy. But, yeah, the special teams factor is going to be interesting, like whether or not you're going to see Elliott suited up. Does it seem like he's going to play? I, I don't know what the indication is there yet. Yeah, I do think he will be playing in this game. I don't I don't think uh, the Eagle. If they were seriously concerned, we would have heard them like working out kickers or or making a move. I think by now, I think I think Elliott's going to be fine. You see, with concussions, a lot of the time, players are usually able to make it through. Like if they get one on Sunday, for the most part, it, it depends on a case to case basis. But in general, usually they're able to play on Sunday. And the thing with Elliott too, he's a kicker. Part of the problem with concussions for other players is that they have to miss some of the practices during the week, which kind of limits their availability for the game because they're not getting into the, the game plan, actual like the game plan reps and practice, so they miss that practice time. You know, Elliot's a kicker. He's obviously not missing kind of important practice time unless they're, they're practicing their fake kicks or some kind of something like that this week, but I think he'll be fine. All right, so you'll have Elliot there, and then for the Bears who cut Connor Barth, and brought in Cairo Santos. That'll be something fun to watch. So special teams becomes an interesting element to this game too. So with now all of that being said, let's go to the picks. Hit me! It's time to ring the bell and play some bets. Hey, I don't want your money punching my money. Here come our NFL picks. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. Picks, by the way, are brought to you by the Casino at Delaware Park. Sportsbook at Delaware Park is where you can wager and watch all of the pro football games on Sunday. Go to DelawarePark.com for more details. Delaware Park is a lottery agent for the Delaware Lottery. Must be 21 to play. And BLG, we got a couple of games to go through here. Let's start with a fun one. The Chargers in Dallas. And they're giving two points to the Cowboys on the road. What do you think of that? Yeah, as we were talking about before the show here, I mean, this game opened up with the Cowboys as four-point favorites, and it has shifted to the Chargers being two-point favorites. And keep in mind, this is a this isn't like a game, uh, the line opens on Monday or Sunday night, and then it shifts all the way by the next Sunday. This is a Thursday afternoon game. It's not even a Thursday night game. It's a Thursday afternoon game and already the line has shifted this far. To me, that tells me there's a ton of money coming in on the Chargers, getting the points there. This Chargers team is coming off a good win, assisted by a ton of turnovers and interceptions thrown by 
uh, Nathan Peterman. So I don't think this Chargers team is necessarily as great as they were against the Bills, but I, I don't think the Bolts are actually terrible they might actually be the best team in the the afc west i mean depending if the chiefs can bounce back there so i think i'm going to take the chargers here i think that uh the cowboys are not very good especially without zeke and i know that they might be getting tyron smith and some of their other players back but i'm going to go with the chargers I, I don't believe in dak prescott if he doesn't have zeke yeah and when when it gets to a situation where Derek barnett turns into joey bosa and melvin ingram uh, it's going to be interesting to see how that all plays out. So, yeah, I'm with you. I think the Chargers are going to take this one, and it's just going to be a lot of fun to watch on Thanksgiving. You really just soak in a Dallas lot. Just, just base me like the turkey, baby. I'm living it up. So, okay, that was weird. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with the Chargers on that one, and they're going to take it even with the points. Now, we're going to keep it with the division. This one is surprising. The Skins are at home against the other division team in the New York Giants. The Skins are giving seven and a half points. Is that too much? Uh, I don't know. I don't... <laughs> I, as my, I, I don't want to take Washington because I'm very upset at Washington for blowing that lead they had against the Saints. There was no really great reason for them to lose that game. Oh, except that their quarterback is a total choker and he's a poor man's version of Tony Romo and Kirk Cousins is going to get paid like crazy this offseason way too much with that said I know Washington lost one of their their best offensive players in Chris Thompson and I know the Giants are coming off a huge win over the, a huge three-point win crazy over the Chiefs there but I don't know I, I how can I take the Giants on the road Ben McAdoo is so uninspiring I could be wrong about this because I hate Washington and I hate that I'm picking them here, but I'm going to take Washington. Man, I I think I go with the Giants in this one because you know, and this is the most heartbreaking news. Like I've been doing the beast for for our Patreon subscribers, and so I'm watching every game that the Skins have done. And now that Chris Thompson is done with a broken leg, I'm just I'm so heartbroken. Like they have nothing left on that team that's worth watching. It's it's just Cousins. That's it. Like Rob Kelly's out. Pryor is out. Uh, it's just, they're, they're so limited now. And uh, Sean Laval was just put on IR. Like, they have the most ridiculous bad luck this year. And so with all of those injuries, I think that outweighs how much of a mess the Giants have been and the injuries that they have because their defense is still really good. and When they want to be, at least. Whenever they want to show up and play, they can be pretty good. So... I'm going to go with the Giants in that one. Man, I mean, just seven and a half point dogs at home. Just it feels like too much for me. So, uh, yeah, I, man, Giants. What a what a weird game that is, though. Now, we'll go to a game that's far more interesting and important. As a Philadelphia Eagles fan, we've got the Minnesota Vikings on the road in Detroit, and they're giving three points to Detroit. What do you think of that one? Well, for the Eagles' sake, it would be great if the Lions won this game. Kind of gave the Eagles some more breathing room there at the top of the NFC. Vikings being 8-2 and two and looking pretty good. And it just it's frustrating kind of looking from the outside in because it's like this Vikings team should not be as good as they are. I, I don't care if Case Keenum is having a good year. It's still Case Keenum. Like That's the reality of it. It's, it just feels like this can only last for so long. Like Case Keenum cannot sustain and the Vikings cannot sustain this 
forever. The shoe is going to have to drop eventually there. It just it has to. I know the Vikings have some good pieces there, and their defense is good, but it just comes down to Case Keenum. And I look at this Minnesota team. They're playing on the road here. I think the Lions are decent at home. And the Lions beat the Vikings earlier this year. That doesn't necessarily guarantee they're going to win this week. But I think I'm just kind of going with what I hope happens here and I'm going to take the Lions with the points at home. I like the home dog in this situation. I'm going to ask who I'm going to go with. Yeah, I'm with you on that too. Like, for for Minnesota to be giving three points as a road team, it just, it feels like a lot for, like, they're a good offense, but they're not a great offense. They're just such a defensive team and I, I can't buy into that point. Detroit is a solid team in their own right too. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going with Detroit in that one as well. And now, we're going to go to the big one, BLG. The Philadelphia Eagles at home against the Chicago Bears are giving 13 and a half <laughs> points right now. Holy shit. Uh, what do you what do you make of the 13 and a half line? Oh man, I, I said it earlier. I just think it's too much. I, it's it's not too much in the sense of the Eagles aren't good enough to do that. It's not that. It's so that's the kind of thing where like I kind of feel not good picking the points here because I think the Eagles deserve their respect 100%. It has nothing to do with the Eagles, and it kind of just has more to do with the Bears being a team who I think are being underrated in that situation here. I think I see this line at 14.5 at some places, and I think that's just a lot. It's a lot for this team to... Uh, to, it's a lot for the Eagles. I mean, it's not a lot for the Eagles to cover and based on what they've done, but I just think the Bears, with the fight they've shown and the point I was making earlier in the show about how they haven't really been blown out except earlier in the season when Lennon was starting. And now, again, it could come down to this Bears defense is dealing with some injuries. Some of those players are out, and I see they're out by Friday. I might change my mind on that. But as of right now, I'm just assuming they're going to play I'm going to be crazy, and I'm going to take the Bears with the points. Of course, I'm taking the Eagles to win. I'm just taking the Bears to cover. It could be in backdoor fashion. Who knows? But I just, I just think that's so many points. Yeah, it is a lot of points. But you know what? I'm going to go with it. Uh, I, I think what's going to happen here is this game, the Bears will, like, they're going to hold the Eagles to a respectable score, I think. And that's that's one of the biggest things with this the Eagles have been putting up so many points on people every week I think what we could see here is I I don't I don't expect the score to get into the 30s but if the Eagles put up 27 I think that's totally reasonable and for the Bears on the other side to put up 10 to 13 I mean 13 points feels like a lot for them to put up against the Eagles so just because I don't think they've got the firepower offensively yet and the Eagles defense should be able to put enough issues on Trubisky's plate that he can't break a big play or anything like that to build momentum and keep it close enough. I think they're going to beat the spread on this one, and, and they actually, with 13.5 points, I, I really do think they're going to beat it. So uh, with that, that's going to be the end of the preview show. Now, BLG, you got any uh, closing thoughts or anything else you'd like to get out here about the game that, you know, just maybe something we didn't get to before we wrap it up here? Just want to say happy Thanksgiving to all you listeners and to you, Vince, to to all of our BGN crew. Happy Thanksgiving to everyone there. Be out, be safe, eat a lot of food. Don't eat too much food that you die or do something crazy, but eat a lot <laughs> of food. Enjoy yourself. And as far as the 
Eagles and the NFL and all of that goes. I mean, this has just been such a special season, man, and, and it's been great. It's been fun. Can't wait to keep it going. I think it's going to be a fun weekend of watching football. Again, you're rooting for the the, the Vikings to lose. You're rooting for uh, the the Rams to kind of upset the Saints and kind of give the Eagles more breathing room. The Eagles could be ten and one by Sunday. That's crazy. And before Sunday gets here, I just you know a couple more reminders for our listeners out there. We're going to be on on uh, we're going to be on Sports Radio ninety four WIP this Friday night from six to ten p.m. At Tollman Joe's in South Philly, it's remote, so you know if you want to come out and see us, we'll be there. Uh, and then we're gonna have the WIP show on Saturday, as usual, I believe, from one to three. So you can check all that out. You can check out your pet project, our pet pet project at BGN Radio, Vince Quinn with the the Dawk in the Hall. He's been named one of the 27 Hall of Fame semifinalists as he was last year. And the one last thing I want to say is, and probably should have mentioned it earlier, but the we were right before Christmas. Yes. BGN Radio and Wright Sturkey Sanchez are teaming up for a live podcast at Underground Arts. Tickets go on sale starting at 10 a.m. That's on fr- this Friday, Black Friday. So you can go to undergroundarts.org to look at that, or you can check out the information on bootinggreennation.com. Should be a lot of fun. And again, happy Thanksgiving to all and to all a good night in the words of Santa Claus. Well said, BLG, and you are Santa Claus. Now, um, for me, uh, just a quick closing thought, because you you covered basically everything. Mark Sanchez is the Chicago Bear. Now, he's been injured and he's got a neck injury, but Mark Sanchez might be back in the house for this Eagles game. And as stupid as it is, it's it's just a little dumb, fun fact for you to be aware of. Uh, as we get ready for this game. So, Sanchez, baby, rocking it at the link yet again. So, for BLG, I'm Vince Quinn. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter, by the way. I'm at It's Vince Quinn, and you can find BLG at Brandon Galton. So, make sure to give us a follow. Tweet us what you thought of the show. What do you think of the game? Anything like that, we're open for it, and we'll get back to you. Now, uh, for BLG, I am Vince Quinn. This has been the preview show, and we'll talk to you soon. Stretch your hand, and I'm going to chop it off. I dare you ask for a favor from your boss's boss. Shrimp, scampi, angel head noodles, white wine sauce. Rwanda and Ross, reload the Nina Ross. Settle metal when I'm focused on the green Dinero. Hocus Pocus, Gucci Lopez, cake with bacon soda. Cake for soldiers moving weight from Maine to Nova Scotia. Bang revolvers, problem solvers, that and pain the mothers. Lost a child, put some play when they hear the loud. Nightmares, walking dead cause they sleep dead. You either sheep or shit, be scared and cut the pieces. I lust for custom coops with the honey mustard features. Butterfly doors, a whore that makes wine or sober. Her beauty stunning, plus she funny, that's the proper order. Head nods and cat calls, cuz it's pops in order. Yeah, I'm stunting all the world is my stage show. Dallas streets cruising around about 4 a.m. Just that fly shit, the type you never seen again. No meat, no leather, I'm just pimping a pit. We live that life that you're wishing against. More money, more power, more women and shit. It's me and now motherfucker. Who you think this is? Gia, Dallas streets cruising around about 4 a.m.